and welcome to the first Sunderland review show of the season. A delayed one as well, because I've been at Wembley and we've been catching up on the Love Island final. Judge all you want. Um, there was a tinge of disappointment due to Coventry's late equaliser, but Sunderland's return to the championship was largely positive as we drew 1-1 on an opening to the season with the Sky Blues at the Stadium Light. And as always, just like last year, we're going to be reviewing all of the action. All of it, like I say today, a little bit late, but nonetheless, it's going to be full of good discussion. To join me is just one member, so just me and another today. We're short-staffed, shall we say, so uh, he's going to have to be the first introduction today. I've got no choice. Brad, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, not so bad, mate. I think like Sunday, we might need to get some more new recruits in, so we're strong for the season ahead, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Getting let down on the first night. But oh. uh, yeah, good, mate. Um, delighted to be back at the football, and uh, yeah, we'll get into the game and... See what we thought. Yeah, absolutely. I was um I unfortunately missed the game. Um I was at Wembley. I think those people saw that great day with the Linessa seen England win a major tournament with a host of ex Sunderland players in there. So I was obviously buzzing with that. But I did catch the full 90 minutes um on Sky. And as I said in the intro, I think to me, a largely positive start of the campaign. I think in a way, normally if you concede in like the 84th minute, you kind of go, Oh, bugger. Oh, and you've got all these kind of reasons why you think you've conceded and you go home a bit sick. But I felt like, I always say Twitter's not a good barometer, but obviously that was the only real aspect I had and obviously used on the on the WhatsApp group. But it felt, to me, largely positive. The late equaliser from them was a bit gutting because it would have been nice to get the three points. But I just thought we we looked decent. I thought we looked all right and it, and it wasn't as scary as it was in pre-season. But, but what did you make of it, Brad? Yeah, it was good. Um in their equaliser, it's something that we're going to come to expect in the championship. It's a moment of class, um, something we haven't really experienced over the last few years. I think late equalisers have been something where we've fucked it up or it's been a scrappy equaliser. And But yeah, um, I think for large parts of the second half, you could probably see it coming. Uh, I thought we started to be a bit sloppy, uh, sitting a bit bit deep, to be honest, at times. But like we like we said, it's 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 another game unbeaten and in competitive football. We we haven't lost since is it February March now, um. So yeah, we, it's something we can build on. Coventry are no mugs. They've got good players in there. As I said, their their goals are a very good goal. Um. Sometimes you say you don't mind conceding ones like that. You do, but in the scheme of things, you sort of think a draw probably is fair as well. And that was it was reflected in the fans at the end as well. Um. Another thing which we can only gauge off the last few seasons, if there's been a late equaliser, there's been a few moans and groans and boos. As soon as the final whistle went, mate, the, the whole stadium stood up, applauded the players off the pitch. And uh, I think that's largely positive and that the, the players will feed on that atmosphere. Not only the build-up of the game, but what the, they got out of the end of it when the, the fans are still on their side. and the, they were, Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm, I was happy with it, to be honest. I, I said I would have taken a point. And there's a point, it's something to build on. Yeah, I was the same. I think obviously in the, in the preview show, I said my heart says 1-0, my head says 1-1. Um, I don't know if that's technically a prediction that got correct or not. But um, I, I I was obviously disappointed to concede that goal. But like I'm, I'm speaking now on the like the late on Monday night, so obviously I've had more than 24 hours to digest it. But even at the time, it was like the score, and it was like... Ah, but I think, like, you know, I only unfortunately had to watch the match on the TV. I unfortunately couldn't get down to London in time and stuff like that. And But watching the atmosphere and, and the way we played, uh, kind of at the end of it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, like that that wasn't too bad. I would have probably took that beforehand. And considering how late they scored and how good the goal was, 
I thought it would have been a bit more gutted in the way that happened. But I wasn't. I was I was really impressed by the way we looked up, up front. I thought um, Pritchard, I thought Jack Clark looked really, really good. But but Brad, what was sort of the aspects of play that pleased you the most? For me, it was definitely that front four that looked championship level, which is hugely positive. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about that on the post-season review about the front four. Um, Jack Clark, I, I thought he was brilliant. Um, without being out, absolutely outstanding, that was the type of player that we've seen towards the end of the season once he got himself fit and sharp. Now he's had pretty much a full season, bare pre-season with us as well. It's not like he's need to bed in as a new player, so it shows that they've got that bit of the recruitment right by bringing someone in that they know they can trust. Um, I thought Gucci down the other side, um, to get that ball in, we, we know that's what he's capable of. He didn't look out of place in the championship. Um, Ross Stewart, albeit he didn't score, their keeper pulled off quite a good save actually from uh, from Roscoe. Um, he ran the channels well. He done all the hard work, and that was sure he got in the the EFL team of the weekend without scoring a goal. Shows that the stuff that he does do that we've seen time and time again without him scoring is going noticed. Um, so I mean Pritchard, yeah, he gets the ball down well. Um, so I think first half was really, really positive. But like I say, that's why I think we need a few more recruits. It was starting to get a bit leggy second half and the lads we had to bring on, O'Neill was untested at this level. We've got Sims who only just came in a day or two before. So do you throw him on and go for the win or do you just think we're happy with the draw if they do con- if they do score? Um, so yeah, we just start, start getting a bit sloppy as well. I think there was a time Patterson gave it to Bart and Bart gave it to Danny and he lost it. And somehow they've missed. Other days you do get punished with them. I think if they'd scored that one and that was the equalising goal, that would have been more of a, a moan and a groan. Um, but like I said, I I don't want to be negative with a draw on the opening day, uh, opening game of the season. I think we've the fans themselves as well, live on Sky, we've given a really good account of ourselves. The players have given a good account of themselves. And players who are now on the fringes of their teams and someone go and approach them might look at it now and think yeah I want to be a part of that actually there's something that I can go in there and I can improve on so all in all yeah positive for me on the pitch off the pitch everything just seemed great apart from <laughs> the 84th minute goal but yeah let's just forget that happened really because it, it, it's a point there yeah take it on the chin and I think with um, totally agree with you on the the atmosphere it looked great on the TV it looked excellent like it really it was I'm there every other week. It just lo and behold, it would lie the same day as a, a Wembley final. That obviously, I think people know I wanted to go to, and there was a hint of jealousy from me. I was like, "Oh shit, um, that looks amazing!" And and you know, when when you're from the place and you're used to being in the place, you feel like you you should be home with with your people. And I wasn't, um, which is unfortunate, but it, it did look amazing. And if you know, I wanted to be part of it when I'm currently drinking free drinks in the pub and um, that are getting bought for me in London, then it shows you how good it did look and hopefully players feel a, the same sort of way. But I think, um, yeah, very few negatives that can kind of come from that. I, I really felt like a lot of our play and a lot of our players looked championship standard. And I don't want to judge everyone um, on one game because there'll be players in there that by the end of the season will go, oh, actually, that was a good first game, but not much rest. And there'll be players in there that we've gone, mm, don't look too great and end up having a great season. We've, we've seen it loads before, but I think what was best about it was we showed what Sunderland was all about in terms of a fan base. I think we showed what our team was all about. But I think the interviews from Pritchard and um, Alex Neal afterwards as well were really quite grounding. Like Pritch saying, you know, we've we've been 
in this division before. Some that have been a Premier League team for how many years? Who knows? But we've been in League One for four years and Coventry have been a team that have known each other a while and they've played together for a while. And he's like, well, you know, we've matched them and yeah, bit of a gutter because they're great straight at the end and there's things that we'll learn from it and the whole stick by us, which of course we will. Um, and we'll, we'll give our all. I thought the, I thought both interviews were great because it could have quite easily been, oh, I wish we'd hung on and done this. It could have quite easily been like that. But I felt across the board, the players, the management and the fans in large, all had the same opinion on the game. And I think what's good about that is unity. There was a couple of surprises, mind, in the starting lineup. Um, I can probably understand why one of them, uh, but Danny Bart preferred to Bailey Wright. Were you surprised by that, or do you think that's half expected because of his the fact that he played an extra sort of six weeks, didn't he, um, Bailey Wright? Yeah, I think that's something to do with it. But also, I also do believe because Bart was playing championship six months ago. I think that's it by and large. He's, he's played against Coventry recently. Um, you know, they have got a few big lads in there. Uh, he's maybe he's even more complimentary to, like, he compliments Ballard more than uh, Bailey White would. Uh, they're both big, strapping lads, really. Bailey White's more of a, he's, he's, he's a bit smaller, isn't he? But I think it's what we need on that game was we knew that Coventry would come at us at some point and we'd need the battling Rams really there. Um, so it was probably a big call. I mean, the other big call for me was leaving Patrick Roberts out. Um, I, I, I was a bit shocked when he wasn't named in the team and Embleton was. But again, Embleton done well. And he was in my... Well, the two lads I'd started that a lot of people were umming and ahhing about was Embleton and Dan Hill. But they were the two I said I think could do something for us this season. Um, in large parts as well. Them two didn't look out of place. Um yeah, I think Dan Neal, as the game got on, was maybe he's a little bit leggy and maybe he's got found out a little bit or he was flat on his he- caught on his heels. But again, it's his first season. He's only a kid. Um, so I want him to get on his back. The only thing I can say negative about yesterday is the fucking standard of refereeing doesn't improve no matter what league you're in. <laughs> is it that bloke was more concerned on his 70-year-old slick hair with his headband? It was uh, he, he was atrocious, but Look, we we got biased, didn't get beat, so yeah. I agree with you with what you're saying about um Embleton. I was quite surprised because I yeah, I really like Patrick Roberts. I think a lot of us do. He's he's turned into a fan favourite and a bit of a cult hero because of what he did at Chef Wed, but he is a very good player with a, a lot of talent. But I think um I think sometimes as fans we underrate Embo sometimes. I think we forget that the talent we've got in, in Embo and he was really good and um I think you kind of forget the pedigree Danny Bart's got. Um because he had that kind of shaky start where he scored a quality diving header, but in the wrong net. Um, Bolton, he played a really big part towards the end of that uh, end of that season. With Dan Neal, I think the season's going to do him the world of good. I think the best thing about Dan Neal was that he wanted the ball still. He maybe shouldn't have wanted it when he was like in front of his own goal, like. But um, he he learned from that. I think when you watch Dan Neal, he's just a lovely footballer to watch. This I, I, I would like this to think. And some people might disagree, but I'd like to think Sunderland, as a fan base at large, know a good footballer when they see one. And I think most people, even Daniel's biggest detractors, go, yeah, he's got something. And he's going to make mistakes. He's Like you see, he's a kid. In terms of football and experience, he's a kid. He's going to learn, but the talent's there and he can work with that. Well, with the full season under Alex Neal now, I know Alex came in halfway through last season. We all said Dan Neal was burnt out. I think now with Dan Neal, He's got him from pre-season and he can manage how he plays this season. He might put him in for a couple, take him out for one, put him in for three or four, bring him out for a couple. It's That's going to aid his development rather than burning them out. So I think he's got a manager there that now, I think Dan Neal knows he can trust. 
he might have had his head down a bit by not coming on at Wembley or playing a massive part towards the end of, back end of last season. But he does have to remember is how highly we all thought of him at the start. Now, if he can manage, if he can be managed correctly throughout that season by Alex Neal, I think there's not many managers like I would at this moment in time trust with how with how bad we've been run lately. If he can manage Dan Neal, we've, we've got a gem there and he, he might take him out next week because Bristol City is a completely different game, but he might leave him in just for one game experience and then pull him out or, you know, play him then, play him in the cup game and then pull him out. It's, He's going to be managed right and that's going to be massive for us as the season goes on as well. Such a big thing, I think, having a manager that we all trust to make the right decision. There's sometimes, like, at first I was like, mm, not be bought, bought over Bailey right and I was not playing back with Roberts. But ultimately, we've got a, a positive result. I, I think probably because Coventry were with us in League One not that long ago, you probably don't value how well they've done since they've got up. I think in terms of Centre forwards and strikers, Jokeres and um, Gordon are probably up there with at least top eight, top ten strikers in the championship. And I think Jokeres obviously was a massive handful. I think he was at Brighton previously and, and scored bags for them um, in like the Premier League two. Obviously, you can see with his finish, he's got something about him. But I think wide and large, it did take a really good strike and a really good finish and a, a, just a bit of like magic really to get them back into it. Not to say that. They didn't deserve the draw. I think they did. Um, I think it was a fair result. However, we did limit them quite a bit. Um, the one time they went really close and talking of talented players, um, you've been a big advocate of them for a long time. I was very uncertain from for ages. Now I'm definitely not. I thought that save from Patterson was outstanding. And I think game on game, he just grows in stature. And I've gone from being, well, he might be an all right League One goalkeeper. I'd maybe stick him out on loan and give him a bit more time at Notts County to me being like, he's number one and I massively rate him. And I think he's only going to get better. Um, I thought he came out and collected crosses again. He was strong. He was brave. He just keeps getting better, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I think that was a lot. What Everyone was a bit worried about how he would make that little step up. Um, but like you say, that save... At the time, I didn't know he tipped it on the bar and it was only when my granddad phones me at half-time every game and he said, Patterson got a tip finger on that and I was like, bloody hell, and I watched it back. What a stop that was. But again, like you just touched on, we limited them to very little and the two ch- big chances they had were both outside the box because by and large, we, we, kept, we limited them to next to nothing. And then that did come in the box, it was either mopped up by the centre-halves or Patterson just came and claimed it. So... Yeah, um, I've been a big fan of Patterson since he came back into the side. Um, and he's not out of place in this league at all. Um, I know a few people are not sold on the, the backup keeper replacement. No, me neither. But what we have to remember is Alex Neal's got a lot of faith in Patterson. Um, he sees him day in, day out. He knows he's going to be his number one. Now, if we don't need to rely upon Patterson, Patterson pulls off saves like that and is commanding as that throughout the season... He doesn't need to come out the team. Um, yes, we might see Bass against Chef Wed. See what he's about then. But Patterson's our number one, and he ain't going to lose that shirt. He might have a couple of mistakes in him in this level. We know that outfield. The lads are going to have mistakes, and like I touched on, Dan Neal not being aware of his surroundings, we almost got punished. Patterson's going to have one of them Larry moments as well, which more often than not, if it's a goalkeeper, it's going to lead to a goal. The fans didn't get on anyone's back for a little misplaced passes and we just need to make sure that's the same with Patterson if he does drop a clanger we, we stay behind him because we have got a good goalkeeper there and he's got a long contract he's going to be with us for a while so we just need to make sure that we also keep 
keep supporting him as he's developing as well. Um, but yeah, brilliant he was. I think we're talking an awful lot about having a a young team that you can develop and kind of I think every team in the country, unless you're in the top sort of four, wants to have we buy young players cheap and scout them well and then sell them at a profit and would get like good years out of them. Kind of like what we did with Henderson in a way. Um brought him to the academy on the academy plays and stuff like that as well. Well maybe Henderson's not the best example because he came from the academy didn't purchase him, but you get where I'm coming from. Um, I'm not editing that, I can't be bothered. Um but I think we do look like a good young team and and I think what is quite nice, and it's really hard to be patient, especially as a Sunderland fan, it is hard. But I, I feel like people are going to be patient. I, I like, I, I can't remember who was mentioning it, but someone on Twitter said that people were being really negative about it. And I mean, Twitter should never be a barometer. But if I'm honest, that's the only real avenue I had, and people were really positive. I didn't see anyone having to go with Daniel about his mistake. I didn't see anyone. I think people said maybe oh nine should have been stronger. Um on the goal and, and fair enough, but it's still a great strike. I saw very few people being massively negative, um, which is which is not always the case, on, especially on Twitter with any football club. But I think as as a fan base as a whole, we seem to be like, well, you know, we've got a decent manager here. We've had a good set of young players for quite a while now. This guy seems to know how to coach them and what to do with them. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. Be a bit patient with them. Um but you look at that entire team, there's loads of players under 24 that have got years to grow with us. And let's be honest, like we are at the minute a team that, in my opinion, would be happy with survival. 15th or 17th, I'd be more than happy with that. But our scope for being more than that is massive compared to other championship clubs. Like if we finish 15th, 17th, that's fine. But we can sell a project. It would, it's playing out, like such as, say, Ellis Sims. I know he's only came in on loan, but... You can say, well, you can go to Hearts, you can go to Blackpool, you can go to wherever you want, really. You can go back to where you've been. But here you can shine in front of 40,000 fans that will back you, like, viciously almost. Um, you can live and breathe football in the northeast at a club that is probably still at the level that it shouldn't be at. We're a Premier League set-up. Um, but you can help get this club stabilised. And then we can look at where we go next. Because look at all these good young players that are going to continue to grow. You can be part of that. And it's not a dream. Like, we all just want to be, like, the best and richest club in the world, um, as long as we're not owned by Saudi Arabians. Um, actually, owned by people with morals. That would be great. But we all want to be the biggest, best club that's winning everything. And I'll say on a serious note, but that doesn't really work unless you're top four these days, um, to be completely honest. So the dream is have a good young team that you can think, I've got years to grow with that. And that, I'm starting to feel that with something. Like, and there's always... The devil on your shoulder was something that said it's going to go to shit at some point. And undoubtedly, there'll be a week when I feel like it has done. But Patterson, Dan Neal, players you've mentioned there, and they're anchored by good, experienced players with good lads, good lads with good heads on their shoulders. I think we forget how young Ross Stewart really is. He's only coming up 25, I think, this year. Pritchard's 28, but he's got bags of experience. Danny Bart, Bailey Wright, that bit of experience that they give towards these kids that are like 20, 21, 22. And they're just getting better. Like, Embleton's going to get better. Daniel's only going to get better. Patterson's only going to get better. The worst-case scenario is they stay the same level that they're at, which is a pretty decent level from what I've seen. Um, hopefully, I come back to this at the end of the season and agree with myself. But I'm feeling really positive. I think I always like to put a negative in or a talking point that could be construed as a negative. Um, and it was quite hard to pick them, to be completely honest. I think one for me was... 
the players that left that were missing out, I don't know whether I'd call it a negative or not, but I think it's no secret I'm a massive Carl Winchester fan. Don't know why, I just like him as a player, as a person. Um, Diaki and Diamond left out. Someone said that I was being quite reactive by saying I think that means Alex Neal wants them out. That wasn't me being overreactive in my own opinion. It was just a case of he said he wants more numbers and those three players are missing out. That is that would be a question mark to me if I'm a player. If I'm honest, Diaku, I'm not his um, biggest attractor, far from it, but I'd be all right with him going. Diamond, I, I wouldn't have too many problems with him going. I don't think he's going to reach the level of the, the young players we mentioned before. Winchester, I think, has got loads to offer, but um, I don't. am I being too reactive here, Brad, or is that writing on the wall for those players, do you think? No. Um, I think we've seen last season, Alex Needles wasn't afraid to leave people out, then bring them back in when they were, when they were needed. That's true. It, he did also touch on, uh, I think he was on BBC Newcastle and he was asked about signings. And he did say, or his presser, he said, we lost seven players, we brought in three. So we need to get the balance right. So I can't see them players, maybe he's Diamond, possibly Diaku, but Winchester, no, because he knows he's got a, a versatile player in there. He had to pick an 18 that would suit that first game of the season. It's, it's unfortunate Winchester didn't make it, but We'll come up against another team who's probably a little bit quicker, but maybe he's not as big and strong. And that's where Winchester could slot, could slot in there, uh, come back into the squad, uh, into the team, or at least the squad. Um, it was surprising that he left out, to be honest, because until he got his injury, he was the back end of last season. Alex Neal, I think, preferred him as his, his first choice right back. Um, so I wouldn't look too far, in, to be honest, because I, I do think he rates Winchester. Um, but I wouldn't, think any of them will be allowed to go until we get four at least in. Another three, maybe it's four. Um, again, we've got a cup game coming up. We've seen a lot of them pre-season, but there's a cup game coming up in a week's time while the window's still open. It's nothing to say they won't get a chance then to prove themselves in competitive football. So I'd, I wouldn't really look too much in it after one game, mate, if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I would like to think we'd keep hold of Winchester. The, the other negative, which... It's not really a negative, to be honest, but obviously um, it wasn't one of Luka Nine's best performances when he came on. And, and I just, I think I'm sure he'll be as honest as, as as I've been just there. I think the one real positive I feel for Luka Nine, and people can disagree with this if they're like, I think um, since the day he got here, anything, any mistake he's made, you can tell he's worked hard to try his very best to fix it. Um, I think come the end of the season, O9 will be a very useful squad player. Um wasn't a great performance, but I think we've got to trust Luke and Nine that surely he's going to use that as a learning curve and become vital come the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that as well. Um, Luke's probably his biggest critic. Whenever you see an interview or even on the Netflix show, when he said after his first couple of games, he wasn't at it. And people told him what he needed to work on. There was times he was telling his dad training was all right, but he lost the ball so many times. But he's corrected that himself. He's got his head down. And that's another learning experience. Again, it's his first game in the championship. Um, so he's still young. He's not one of these old ones either. But he's an experienced head and he's been with the club. And while we're touching on people who are making mistakes, but they're not being dug out about it, I was just thinking about it there. The big difference now is we know this group of players, by and large, maybe it's one or two that's come in. These were the lads that have got us out of League One. Whereas previous seasons, it was relegation from the Premier League and the Championship. That was absolute disaster. Then it was in the League One. And every season, we were, we were gearing back up. And it was a lot of the same squad that failed to get us back out of that league and then got so close and failed again. I think a lot 
fans are going to be more patient with every single player. Now we know that this is by and large the squad that got us out of that league. Um, so if he makes another mistake in a couple of weeks' time, that's fine. But in that time, he might he might score, he might have an assist. He put a great crunch and tackling, which in the stadium lights just as good as a goal assist, isn't it? Um, you might smash one of the Bower players, <laughs> something like that. Um, we're willing to give them. We know, bar, <clears throat> excuse me, bar five or six in that squad, none of them have got championship experience. It's going to take some time to adjust to it. Us as fans have had one season in there in sixteen year. We're going to have to get used to it as well. So are the players. It's a completely different ball game from what we've been used to. Um, so yeah, it wasn't Luke's best game. He knows that, and he'll put that right. I think that's way. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I think that's one of the big things with it. I think um, there is going to be a lot of patience with with the players we've got as well. I think it is a cliche that you just want players that fight for the shirt, but I think without going in depth on what that actually means to a Sunderland fan, because everyone will have their own thought process on what that means. Um, I do think that, by and large, the likes of Luke Nine in the squad, you can trust he's going to be someone who's going to put his head down and, and try and change and fix his mistakes that is there. And he's going to have to learn to you know, grow in this league as well, it's the same way that we are. I think the biggest thing about it is, I think we're all very acutely aware of that fact that we need to learn and grow and get used to this league and not get due down when things go bad. Say we get beat at Bristol City next week and we end up in the, the bottom four. Don't get too down about it. It's two games in. Bristol City's not the, you know, they're an experienced championship side. We could come back and be QPR the week later or could go the other way around. I think we're really acutely aware of that. And we were acutely aware of that going into the uh, the Coventry game. And yet, first half especially, as much as I said I thought one was a fair result, I thought we looked bloody good first half. The movement underpinned by Pritchard, uh, Gucci I thought was terrific. I thought Gucci was excellent. Um, we've already touched on Patterson. Yeah, Daniel made that mistake, but he looked so comfy and casual and well, too casual at one point. But he did look very sort of slick and like he was confident. Yeah. Embo had a good game and uh, you know, you're not taught. I know, I know we had 40,000 fans in. I know we were up for it and I know we created a good atmosphere. But like we can tell when we're not playing well. We can tell when the players aren't responding to it and we responded to them and they responded to us and you could hear it. And yes, Coventry came back into it, but Coventry a good side. I think they finished 12th last season. I think by and large, they were in the top eight for the majority of the season and we're disappointed to miss out there. We've touched on the strengths that they have as well. However, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I'm 100% comfortable with the squad and the way it is. I think you said it on before, we'll probably look a little bit short on numbers. I think a lot of people spoke about getting full backs in. Um, I think we need at least backup for certain. For me, the glaring, glaring position that's missing is central midfield. Um, I'm not going to criticise Corey Evans because I know it's going to come, but I'd like someone that's going to at least compliment him or I'd like someone that's going to help him out when he might get inevitably injured because we all know his injury record's not been great. Speaking of Corey, um, yeah. I might as well jump on it straight away. First half, he went to give the pass the ball straight across the, just inside our half. I don't know what he was trying to do. He get one there, lads. Almost cost us. Um, my Corey head rage came on first half. <laughs> I was out my seat screaming at him. Um, so he's back in my bad books at the time. But I'm not I'm not gonna start calling names again because uh I looked like an idiot last time, didn't I? Um 
We all do. Yeah, that, that was one. I was sort of like, oh, Christ, he's done it again. And to be fair, he he did track back and try to close him down. He didn't let, he, let his head go down. Um, and he was getting around quite well. Um, some people were thinking, could he keep up with the pace of it? But yeah, he, he was probably a six, seven, now six, I would say. He'd done nothing wrong. Um, but yeah, I'll just have to mention that one negative point. And just touching on where you're saying about if we go, go and get beat next week and blah, blah, blah. What you have to remember is we stormed this league after losing the first five games. Um, when we got relegated, we actually looked okay for the first month. Went and battered Norwich 3-0 and beat uh, Drew a Derby at home. So everyone says judge after 10 games, don't judge after two or three. And I would like to hope that the fans know that as well. If, if it takes three, four, five games to find our feet and we only pick up one win, a draw and a couple of defeats, so be it. I have a lot of trust that Alex Neal will get it right. If not the players, Alex Neal will get it right for us. And we've got seven games, I think it is, until the window closes. One or two being cup games. So we'll judge after that. Window closes. Another five games. Yes, if we've gone some horrible losing streak, yeah, start to panic because I will. Yeah. Um, and when this pod goes out and then we go and get beat the next three and I'm absolutely raging, just tweet me and just tell me to calm down and remind me about my own words. I'm just in a good mood because I'm on holiday. <laughs> the benefit of a, uh, the benefit of a reaction pod will slightly got more benefit because we're like more than 24 hours later. But I think by and large, like you know what, I, I do agree. Um, I, th- I think we'll be okay, and I'm judging that just on one game solely. I, I could be completely wrong with it, but I thought we looked okay. I said I thought we'd be okay beforehand, um, but I do think we need bodies in. Um, I think we need something at left back. Definitely. Um, I think Sirkin will be all right. I've not always been his biggest fan. He's grown on me. I think he'll be all right. But we need to be able to help him because Huggins has been out for the best part of a year. We don't know if he's going to be... If he was fit, then fair enough. And I suppose he can move Onai in there, but Onai's unexperienced in the centre midfield. He's going to be inexperienced at left-back or right-back as well, despite the fact he looked all right there in League One quite a few times. But I think we're desperate for something in the middle. Um, I would love Kamara from Plymouth. I really would be asking the question on that. I think someone made a few suggestions today. One of them was Tom Rocket choose to be at Celtic. If we got him, absolutely no problem. But I think he might set his sights maybe slightly higher. Maybe that's me being a bit unambitious. Um, but Kamara, for me, from Plymouth would be a great sign. And someone just big, strong, and someone that's going to carry the ball a bit, even if it means maybe giving them Matete on loan in return uh, for a bit. I still think Matete can offer something, but I think we need someone that can start games here and now. Um, where would you like to see us strengthen? Yeah, I mean, people, uh, when you listen to pods and like you said, go on Twitter, people generally think we are well stocked in midfield. Now, we are in numbers. But not in quality. Um, but it is a lack of quality and probably is a lack of that one powerful centre midfielder like you talk about. Yeah. The SO9 runs around, he's not scared of putting it, he'll break his leg before he'll try and let anyone past him, except for the other day when he did let someone past him. Um, but yeah, we need that one big centre midfielder that's willing just to take the game as scruff and I mean it wasn't built by statue but someone like a Lee Catamull but someone probably is a better footballer than Catamull <laughs> maybe he's a, a, a prime lead bitter would, would be the way I would um, think about it but I haven't got any names to mind mate I mean Kamara's not a bad shout um, if we can see it they'll be able to see it as well so I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see one come in. And like you touched on the Cirkin, um, 
if he gets injured, I think his only other option is to go to a back three, and that means you're rejigging the full pack. So I'm more than confident that they'll have that one eye on the left back as well. Um, because like you say, he is comfortable playing a three, but he, he likes his four two three one, isn't he? But if he gets injured, yes, he's going to have to revert to a back three, and that's using all your centre halves. So then, if one of them gets injured, then you start to look like, oh shit, where, where do we go from here? I um, think, I think and for I still me, do think for the striker. I think there's a bit of a broadhead-shaped hole in the squad as well, actually. Yeah, I agree. I think he's been quite obviously one to strike at some hope, and that's kind of what's on his mind. I do feel... um, I don't... I like being able to be fluid in formation. I don't want to be fluid because we're forced into it unless we're having an injury crisis, and one injury wouldn't be an injury crisis. So, yeah, I, I do think... He needs backup. I don't want to be shoehorning people in there that are inexperienced in that position in the first place, like like Luca Nine, for example. But I think, you know, just to kind of close off here, all in all, that was a really positive set of things. We're talking here about what we can build on as opposed to what we need to replace, I think. And that's hugely positive. And, and obviously, just being me and you, Brad, hopefully the, the, the viewers have continued this bloody long. Um, because I've got to be honest, I've been on like two 10-hour megabuses and I'm absolutely fucked. Um because I really enjoyed England winning yesterday. Um, don't know whether you know it's on Twitter, but I quite enjoyed myself. But I think going into Bristol City, um, I'm confident that we're going to be fine at this level and we can compete. I think extra numbers on top of that is only going to make us better. Um, confident going into the game against um, Bristol City? I am, yeah. Um, I think we'll see a few changes. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see Roberts come in. Yeah. And even maybe he's done Neil out or he, he sacrifices the Evans type play and we play with two like a, a Neil and Embleton in there because Embleton played well when he dropped deep um, it's all depending on what team he puts out there but I've, I've got every faith in the 14 or 15 that's available that we can go and give a count of ourselves um, again I'd take a point or I'd, <laughs> even saying it this way I'd take a positive performance even if the result doesn't match at this moment another time because we've got plenty of time to correct that um, I just hope we don't go there and if we if we concede that, that's a big one we haven't conceded earlier mm-hmm. it's how we react to that late goal and then we're going to see a different type of character in the team in this level if we concede first concede early how do we bounce back um, and it's, it's going to be a learning curve for us as fans and as players the management team so for me I'm confident going there I'd take a point now I think we can beat them I think we can beat them comfortably with the players we've got Um but for me, at this stage, like I've said, and it sounds a bit soppy, really, it's the performances I want to see at the minute. Back in League One, it was always, oh, fuck the performances. We need the results. We need to get out of this league. This early in the season, for me, it's make sure the performance is right and the results will come. Yeah, I agree. I think they will as well, absolutely. But um, not been a short and sweet one, as I thought, with it just been us two. It's been actually a fairly long one. Um, don't know what that means for the future. And all the mid- are watching for me. <laughs> we actually did delay it because I was coming back from Wembley and watching Love Island but um, if you don't like that in the words of Jill Scott uh, fuck off you fucking prick thanks for listening cheers you are a liar <laughs> <laughs>